Hey everyone, how are you? I hope you are having an amazing day or evening, depending of course when you are here. Today we are talking about managing our workload and as most of us know, it is not always easy. So stay with me. You are listening to the Career Talk Learn, Grow, Thrive podcast, where we talk about everything career related. I really just tell you how it is and we jump right in and get to the point. I'm your host, Stephanie Dennis. My background is in human resources, which is what I have my master's degree in. And my passion is really helping others and sharing my knowledge. So here we are. This is a good time to mention this podcast does contain adult language. All right, let's get right into it here. So managing our workloads. And I feel like workload management can be really clarified when the time is just right. (laughs) You know, so when you think about how we are managing our time and when we need to figure out a better way to manage the workload we have, it is usually when things feel super out of hand at work. And, you know, you may be thinking, do I have enough time to do what I need to do? Or is this uptick in work something that is temporary or Or is this a permanent, you know, addition to my workload? Is there extra time? You know, maybe you're in a uh, the opposite position and you have extra time on your hands. Uh, I'm very jealous of you as if that is it. And, you know, if that is the case, you know, it could be a really good time for you to maybe take some time off. But when we have too much work, and we don't have enough time, you guys know me. And I feel like you know where I'm going with this. We are making lists. (laughs) Because I feel like when we list things out on paper, we put pen to paper or pencil to paper. I'm not a fan of pencils. Really irrelevant to this podcast. I'm just throwing it out there. You can really put, you know, pen to paper and look at things and it helps our brains evaluate, right? And it helps our brains connect the dots that need to be connected when we're writing things out. Because when we're in the weeds of doing whatever it is we're doing on a regular basis, it's easy to say, I don't have enough time. This feels like too much. But when we write it down on paper and we put time and tasks out on the list, we can say, oh, Not only do I not have enough time, I am overextending myself by roughly 20 hours each week or whatever that is. So that's what we're going to do. If you are feeling like it's too much, we need to make a list. First off, we are going to number one, start by writing down everything that you have to do, whether that is in a day, a week, a month, a year, every five years, like literally everything you do for work that you have to get done. That's list number one. That is probably a very large list if you are working in corporate America, right? The second list that we need to make is everything that we should do. So this is stuff that if you have the time, you should be doing. It's almost along the same lines of everything that you have to do, but the stuff that usually gets put on the back burner when you run out of time every day or every week. And then list number three is everything that you would like to do. So trying to think of a good example in in recruiting. Here's a really good example. If every recruiter had enough time to do everything they needed to do throughout their day, I feel like something we would all like to do is send out personal emails and or phone calls to every single person we interview and explain to them why they're not moving forward versus sending a more generic 
rejection email or a phone call conversation. Now, depending on your recruiting style, that happens most of the time. Sometimes, let's all be super real. Everyone in recruiting, we can just be very honest. We don't always have the time for that, right? So people do get standard ATS, so applicant tracking system rejection letters. Now, I would like to think, (laughs) oh, I would like to think uh, if we all had the time, we would offer a more personalized experience to the candidates that we're working with. Again, most recruiters do not have that kind of time. However, depending on the position, right? So like executive recruiters typically work on, you know, two to 10 positions at a time. So they have more of that opportunity to be super, super high touch and super personalized. I like to think for myself, I have the bandwidth to be very, very high touch. I just don't have the bandwidth to be very, very personalized. Does that make sense? So that's the something that I would really like to do if I had the bandwidth. And maybe that is when someone comes in for a interview and they shared with me they really like a particular coffee and I can go to the coffee shop down the road or in the office and have that ready for them when they come in or a particular type of water. You know what I mean? It's like a little bit of a personal touch, whatever that might be. So that is something I would love to do. Time certainly doesn't always allow that, right? Okay, the next thing we're going to do is figure out how much time you need to complete each task. So in your list, all three lists, how everything you have to do, everything you should do, and everything that you would like to do, how much time would be necessary to complete each one of those tasks. And in the first two lists, everything you have to do and everything you should do, and I want you to total up each of those lists. And now the two lists that are really important and probably what your leader or manager is going to be most interested in is the first two lists. Now the third list could definitely get you brownie points, right? (laughs) But the first two lists are things that either your manager is expecting you to already be doing or they would like you to already be doing. And so those two are going to be the most important. I love the third list though. I feel like the third list is where we would get more of the opportunity to be creative and have fun and be a little bit more um, outside the box in our roles. So I love them all. (laughs) I love lists in general. (laughs) Y'all have heard about my list uh, obsession, so I won't go down that rabbit hole with you again. Uh, You're welcome. We're asking ourselves four different things. Is your list realistic? Number two, are you doing things you shouldn't be doing? Think of the saying, stay in your lane. So if Steph is told she is hiring HR folks only, so that includes HR technology, that includes HR project managers, that includes HR business partners, everyone from our CHRO down in the HR organization, Steph is responsible for hiring. Well, someone asked Steph to help on a, uh, let's see, a Java developer position. That would not necessarily be staying in my lane. Now, it depends on who asked me to do it, right? If the boss asked me to do it, that's one thing. If a colleague asked me to do it, that's another. Are we doing things that we shouldn't be doing? And now, maybe I should be helping out with that Java developer role, but maybe I shouldn't. So just asking yourself those questions and figuring out the answers, right? Number three, how do you feel about the list? Now, I 
never used to be a person who thought about my feelings. <laughs> Let's be honest here. I used to be the person who had this mindset of it didn't really matter how I felt about things because it had to be done and so I would just do it. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. And I think when we try to at least understand how our work makes us feel, it can trigger kind of a, a snowball effect of questions, right? If your list makes you feel miserable and very overwhelmed and it makes you feel like you hate getting up and going to work every day, that's a thing to dig into, right? If your work makes you feel super happy and very accomplished and like a fucking badass, that's another thing, right? Because I know everyone's not like all about the feelings and trust me, I get it. And, <laughs> right, it can help you understand. I'm trying to think of a good way to explain this. I feel like when I started attaching feelings to like certain tasks or thoughts, it allowed me to get really clear on how I needed to design my life to work for me. Hopefully that makes sense. All right, number four, what is the total weekly amount you need to do your job successfully? Is it 40 hours? Is it 45 hours? Maybe it's 50 hours. Maybe it is 73 hours. I don't know. <laughs> for the record, 73 is a random number. I did not make a list for myself and the number was 73. And if the total amount needed to do everything that you have to do and everything that you should do is in the range of like 70 and above hours, even like 60 and above hours, that is something I wouldn't even hesitate bringing up to your leadership because it's more than likely, especially if you're in a growing company, that you're going to need to add a person to your team to help you manage that workload. If it's a permanent increase in workload, if it's something that's increasing for like a month, that is a different conversation, right? Maybe that's more of, hey, I need a contractor for a month to help me. I don't know what that is for you, but something to keep in mind. Number five, asking yourself, do you need to have a candid conversation with leadership? And also kind of along those lines, is there things that could help you prioritize? Maybe the list of things that you think you have to do every day or every week or every month, they can take three of those things away and give it to someone else or just delete them in general, right? <laughs> like just cross it off with a big old red pen say, just kidding, you don't have to worry about this anymore. Maybe kind of circling back to what I just mentioned, right? We need to hire. Maybe that's a permanent person. Maybe that's a contractor. I don't know, but they could help you prioritize. They could help you shift things around. They could also help you get another person to help drive forward whatever goals you guys are working towards. All right, here are some general tips on how to manage your workload. One, get to be an expert at prioritization. Number two, is there anything you can delegate? Do you have a team underneath you, right, reporting into you that you lead. I have my preference on how that phrase is said. However, other people say it differently. <laughs> that could help you, right? Number three, ask for help if you need it. 
don't be shy. Don't think it's because you can't do it all. You're not a fucking superhero. You're not meant to take on the whole world all by yourself. I'm sorry if this is the first time you're hearing that. Hopefully you're just laughing because I'm saying it in good fun and I'm a little serious, right? Like you don't have to carry the weight of everything by yourself. It is okay to ask for help. And I personally think if you are in the weeds and you're drowning and you're not asking for help, I feel like my personal opinion is instead of making you look like a rock star, I feel like that is a weakness that you're unable to do that. If that pisses you off or if that makes you angry or makes you think stuff screw you, I want you to think about that and dig into that a little bit. Now, if you ask for help, someone basically tells you tough shit. That's a different conversation, right? (laughs) Jesse, I've been there. There have been many times where I've been like, here's what I need. I need help. I am drowning right now. And it's like, eh, not so much. <laughs> I get it. Number four, can technology help you? And before you just say, no, Steph, it can't, I want you to Google it because there are things out there that you don't know about. The world is an amazing place making new cool crap all the time. Number five, be clear when you are communicating workload challenges. So, If you just go to your boss and say, I'm super overwhelmed, I can't handle this, this is too much, I'm going to lose my mind, blah, 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 and you're just like frantic about it, right? And you're not actually being clear on what the problem is and what your workload is and sharing the list, right? Like, here's everything I need to do. Here's how much time it takes. Here's how much time I can dedicate. Maybe instead of working 40 hours a week, you're open to working 50 and it's still not enough time, right? There's a big difference in going and like kind of freaking out versus saying, here's the numbers, here's my list right? Number six, if you are in a spot where you're unable to do it all and your leadership knows you're not able to do it all and they know stuff isn't getting done and they're fine with just moving forward with that plan and you not getting certain things done, I would just recommend staying in constant communication. Whether you and your manager figure it out, but whether it's every day or every week, figuring out, sending an email maybe, or just chatting about it. Here's what I didn't do. Here's what I did do. Just so they know, right? And ultimately, if it's your leader's responsibility to make sure everything gets done. So it's really critical to be making sure they know what you're not doing if you've decided that not doing things is the right approach to move forward, right? Number seven, determine and share what you need to do to be successful or what you need to get to be successful. In recruiting, that could be I really need sourcing support in order to be successful. My workload is too much. I don't have time to go on LinkedIn and social media platforms and search for people for my jobs. I need someone to help me source those candidates, right? That's what that means in the recruiting world. Or maybe it's a, hey, we have so many people in play right now. I need an additional person to help me schedule these interviews, whatever that might be. Number eight, be realistic. Again, you are not a superhero human. I apologize if I'm breaking a bubble here, bursting a bubble or whatever the phrase is. (laughs) As y'all know, phrases are not my thing. Number nine, play to your strengths. If there are things that you do better than other people on your team and they do the things that you're not good at really well, that's how you divide and conquer, right? Number 10, plan, organize, sort be just like organized or extraordinaire. Because when we're organized, let me tell you, 
we get more shit done. I promise you that. Number 11, take time blocks on your calendar for mission critical tasks. So if every single day it is critical to Steph's job that she reviews every single person that applies, you can bet that I block that time off every single morning. I do block it off because I do have to do it every day. (laughs) Number 12, take a break. Number 13, strive for balance so you don't lose your sanity, right? It's really important that you don't go 80 hours a week, all day, every day, go, 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 working seven days a week. You will get to a point where you break down and it likely won't be pretty. So prevent that, get the balance up front. Number 14, multitasking, about to burst another bubble. That's the right saying. That's, that is right. Multitasking is bullshit literally scientifically proven your brain can not multitask here's what happens your brain toggles between different tasks when you're trying to do them at the same time and it burns energy and this is why if you think you are a good multitasker could be why at the end of the day you feel mentally exhausted i'll say it again multitasking is bullshit 15 focus, 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 kiss your distractions goodbye. This one is so critical. If you are working on a project, I don't know if it's for you, you need to close your email. I don't know if that means you have to put on one of those like internet apps that like block everything out, right? So it's like you just focus on like that one thing or maybe you need to set a timer and only focus on a particular thing for 45 minutes. Whatever that is for you, get really good at focusing and eliminating all of the other distractions because it is also burning a lot of energy and wasting a lot of time. A study that has been out for a while now, and I don't recall what organization did it, but it's been proven I think a few different times at this point, switching between tasks when you're distracted or getting back on track can take up to 20 minutes for you to refocus. That is insane. Eliminate the distractions. Number 16, get those heavy hitter tasks out of the way. So what I mean by that is think like the domino effect. If there's like one particular like big task that you need to do that can then kick off or get like a snowball effect going on several other tasks, just get it done. Set the time aside and get it done. Maybe you have a big project and you have to do this one thing that's going to take you like three hours and that's going to allow you or even other people to do like 13 more tasks, right? So just do it. Block the time and get it done. When you're moving super, super fast, like 200 miles an hour. And I know a lot of people are moving like so fast at work. You're going to make mistakes. It's not going to be perfect. And that's okay. Number 18, optimize your to-do list. However you need to do that. Maybe you do the ABC method, super mission critical things, A, things that you really need to do, B, things you would like to do, C, things that can wait for later, D, you know, whatever that might be. Maybe it's uh, you make your to-do list and then you just number them all. Like, you know, one through five, and maybe it's not in the order that you made them. So you have to like bounce around on your to-do list on the sheet. That's okay. But know what needs to get done first and prioritize and optimize that list. 19, close your inbox. Telling you, this could be a lifesaver for you. Number 20, learn to say no thank you. (laughs) Like how I added the thank you at the end sounds so much better. Learn to say no. Say thank you so much for thinking of me. Right now, I just don't have the bandwidth for that. Right? Simple. No. 
Number 21, keep your procrastination to a minimum. Now you are talking to a procrastination queen and I will tell you I've learned to rein it in when I need to because sometimes we just need to push through and get stuff done. So try and keep procrastination to a minimum. All right, everyone. I hope you found that podcast helpful and valuable. If you have questions you want me to answer here on the podcast, check out the show notes for the Google survey. Enter them there. I would love to help answer them for you. Uh, As always, thank you so very much for taking the time to listen to the podcast, to support the podcast, to listen to the episodes. I really do appreciate you. So thank you. You can find more information in the show notes over at StephDennis13. If you want to see how we can work together, head over to listen to careertalk.com for more information there. And if you would like to contribute to the podcast, you can do so via the PayPal link directly, or if you're using the Anchor app, you can do it there as well. Also, if you're using the Anchor app, you can leave me a voice message. So if you want to reach out, just say, hey, if you have a question, if you want to comment on one of the podcast episodes, in addition to social media, you can do it over on Anchor as well. And if you do have a minute, I would love it if you could leave a rating and or review for the podcast. I really, really do appreciate those. Uh, you can find me over on the socials over at, at StephDennis13, and we are written, produced, edited by me. (laughs) You guys are so awesome. I hope you have an amazing, fabulous, wonderful rest of your day.